Welcome to Activations with JJ Ascension School, Part 15. Today we will be talking about the Mother Goddess, known by many names throughout many cultures. Hello dear ones, I'm so excited to gather with you again for this Ascension School episode. I've had a lot on my mind as I've been exploring and reading and pondering a new book. As many of you know, I often refer to Sal Rochelle and Dolores Cannon in my Ascension School episodes. Recently, I came across a new book that actually one of my beloved clients referred to me, and it was just amazing to be able to step into the energy of the Divine Feminine through this particular book. But before I head into that, I want to make sure that I mention a couple of quick things. First of all, our special Black Moon Solar Eclipse sessions are almost here. They are happening on the 29th and 30th of April, and I would absolutely be thrilled to meet with you for a session. These are mini sessions. They're half an hour. They are going to be a lot of light language activation and upgrades to help you shift through this time when we've been doing a lot of shadow work especially for those of you who feel like the month of April has been kind of strange, that you've had a lot of maybe different synchronicities, parallel lives, healing come up, past life healing come up. All of those things are definitely themes for April. And I feel like we push everything through on the 30th with this black moon solar eclipse energy. We kind of come to this culminating point where we can wrap it up for now and move forward with May being kind of a fresh start. So if you are interested in doing that, click on the link below. The spots are going pretty fast, but again, everything in divine timing. If you are meant to do it, it will still be available to you. That being said though, I always have availability with my regular sessions and would be honored to co-create with you there. So that link is also in the description to this podcast. The second thing that I would like to mention briefly is very exciting to me. This is something I've been thinking about doing for a really long time, but it just hasn't been the right one. So now I feel drawn to move forward and offer light language school in a way, but I had this really interesting idea come to me when I was trying to figure out how to name this. I know a lot of people out there teach light language And they maybe call them things like light language school, light language class, light language academy or course. And none of those words sounded right to me. And I am taught over and over again by spirit that words or vibrations are so extremely important. They they give energy to things. And this is obviously something you probably know, but it just didn't feel right to call it a course or a class. And so the word that I landed on was light language circle. And that's actually related to the topic for today. I'll talk about that in a moment. But Light Language Circle felt right because I do feel more of a divine feminine energy bringing through that instead of more like a top-down teacher-to-student energy with this Light Language Circle. The dates and times I will be holding these three circles are May 15th, May 22nd, and May 29th at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Now you will have the option to register for one at a time or you can register for all three. So I'm opening it up for that. 
it is going to be incredible. And I really want to work on helping people open their throat chakras. Spirit has told me time and time again over the last little while to bypass the conscious mind and move into light language to help people upgrade because I am running into blocks when I'm working through things with the conscious mind, even just like intuitive coaching wise, just skip that and shift into the light language. Let me just tell you what light language has done for me personally. In my sessions, I am constantly speaking light language. And it occurred to me the other day that I'm just getting as much out of these as the person who I am doing the light language for. It has opened me up and expanded me in ways I can't even describe. So even if you're just learning light language for your personal soul evolution, it could be the catalyst for the breakthrough that you're looking for. If you've tried a bunch of things and nothing seems to be working, this could be it. I would be honored to have you join the circle. So click on the link below. It's also listed down there in the description. It's going to be just incredible. Okay, there's one thing I forgot to drop in here and say it's very, very time sensitive for those of you who are listening to this right after I publish it. This will only apply to the day after. So Sunday, April 24th at 5 a.m. Pacific time, I do have a Pleiadian gathering. It's completely connected to the subject of this podcast episode. That's why I'm dropping in here to mention it. So listen very carefully. This is the first Pleiadian gathering I've ever felt drawn to bring in the Lemurian star mothers and focus on the sisterhood and brotherhood of the rose. So I'm so excited for it. I I channeled this little light language for TikTok and Instagram reels. I just channel these little snippets of light language sometimes. And I sit down and I just feel drawn to channel certain themes. And this one was called the call of the rose. So I did that about a week ago. Well, yesterday when I decided to put that video out on TikTok and on Instagram reels, spirits like this is the call of the rose. You are calling to gather people. So when are you going to gather? (laughs) And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like I already had this Pleiadian gathering, you know, all planned out. And I was like, oh my goodness, the Pleiadians were the Lemurian star mothers. So anyway, it all kind of connected together with the sisterhood of the rose and there's a brotherhood of the rose and this gathering. So click on the link below for the April 24th Pleiadian Lemurian star mother gathering. Okay. If you're interested in that and just know that it's really, really time sensitive. It's happening on the 24th of April again, if you missed that date. Okay. I am done with all announcements. We are moving into this beautiful topic of the divine feminine, the divine mother goddess, all of those themes and things that are related to that subject that are often, well, over history have been overlooked many, many, many times due to just a more patriarchal viewpoint of things. And I want to make sure that I begin by letting you know the name of the book. I feel like many of you have heard of this book or read it. It's called Return of the Divine Sophia, Healing the Earth Through the Lost Wisdom Teaches of Jesus, Isis, and Mary Magdalene, and the author is Tricia McCannon. The link to the book is below, and there is so much to unpack here from this book. I honestly know that we don't have lots and lots of time here, so I just want to give you some snippets about my personal feelings as I was reading this book. 
And I want to start out with a little story for you, okay? So about five years ago, it was a very significant time in my life. I was speaking with a friend at a retreat, and this retreat was actually more focused. It was focused on spirituality, but from more of a religious perspective. And this was back when I was still in an organized religious structure. And what happened was, is we were just talking a lot about what, what you would consider as the divine feminine or the mother goddess figure, so the companion to God. That would be the feminine aspect that we're not really taught in Christianity or Judaism. A lot, none of the main um, Abrahamic religions discuss that divine feminine aspect very much, if at all. And I felt just drawn to discuss this with this person. And it was it was literally a matter of exploring the fact that this divine being actually existed. Now, my concept of what that was was a little different than it is now in that I might have felt more of a body attached to it. But I know that the divine feminine aspect can come through many, many different ways and has embodied parts of herself in many different goddesses. But at that time, I wanted to connect with a being. That's what I needed. I needed to feel a mother-like figure because I had felt like Jesus. And so in feeling that, I thought, where's the feminine? Where's the feminine? And I wasn't raised in Catholicism. So like there you've got Mary that's even brought to the forefront more. In the religion that I was brought up in, Mary was not looked on to be brought to the forefront because that's what the Catholics did. <laughs> and so I was even, you know, drawn even more away from even exploring the divine feminine and was taught that if there was one, that it was in a being that should not be talked about or discussed that needed to be almost in secret. And this left me with a great big hole. And I don't know how many of you have felt that deep longing for a connection to find feminine and never knowing where to find that. It was nighttime and I was sitting at a table by myself. There were little conversations going around me here and there, and it wasn't like I was sitting and meditating. I think I was sitting and journaling, if I remember right. I was writing in my journal. And all of a sudden, I just felt this really strong connection with well, that, what I would consider to be the Divine Mother. And I had this conversation with her, and I just felt this just flood of emotion wash over me. I started to weep because I felt her love. And the thing that caused me to just feel that such a strong, strong emotion was the fact that I said, where have you been? And she said, I've been here the whole time. And all of a sudden, it just hit me like I had felt like I had been abandoned, which I know many of us have felt that way. And it occurred to me that she had never left. And just knowing that, just knowing and healing from those feelings of abandonment were huge. And I knew that that was, I knew that that was actually a reality, that she had never left. There she was, and this was opening up a whole new phase of my life to be able to connect with her. Now, fast forward a little ways, because it didn't all come at once the way I was exploring that. And in my soul evolution, I did pick up on some different things about the Divine Feminine 
beginning with what was in Judaism, even though in the traditional Bible there's really not a lot there, I still felt like I was able to connect somewhat with some divine feminine aspects. I was in a few circles, like you know, like full moon circles or women's circles, where we were able to do some very ancient rituals and connect with the divine feminine, but still it was just puzzle pieces, just puzzle pieces. The book that I just referred to, The Return of the Divine Sophia, this book has really tied together a lot for me and brought me full circle, no pun intended, because the circle is actually the symbol of the divine feminine. And I have felt myself really be able to shift in a lot of different ways energetically as I've learned. Now, a while back, I was talking to somebody about the role that organized religion plays and if it's worth anything. Because I know so many of us who have felt like there has been some negative consequences to being involved in organized religion and many of us have left organized religion. I feel like it was such a big part of my life for so long, I could not help but wonder why. Why, if my path was not to stay in it, what did it do for me? There there had to be a reason for it. And I'm talking in my particular case about Christianity. And I know a lot of people feel very connected to Jesus, even outside of religion, as an ascended master and him bringing through all of the enlightenment that he did. And I have personally felt that as well, but I just really wasn't able to see exactly how everything played out. I've read a lot about where the Bible came from, how some people believe that, you know, interdimensionals were the pillar that was guiding Moses. You can see like evidence of interdimensionals in the Bible in a lot of different places because they were interacting with these ancient cultures. But again, there's just little bits and pieces. So as I was reading this book, And just seeing how the author was reading this situation, and I always want you to approach any book the same with your own discernment, but I was taking what resonated with me and leaving behind what didn't, or just putting it on the shelf for later, and I saw all the puzzle pieces connect. The main part of what she said was that the beginning creator of everything was feminine, because obviously the great creatrix is, has the womb from which all was born. And in reality, female came first, not male, or feminine came first, and masculine came after that. And that hit me so strongly because of all of the indoctrination and programming we have regarding, for instance, Adam and Eve, or the fact that the male superiority and and the focus on the male rather than the female. Now, this has not always been the way that history has played out. This, the ancient cultures were very, very focused on the divine feminine. However, in the Bible that we know today, they actually talk about the fertility cults as being evil, and they go to many, many lengths to destroy all the cultures that worship in that way. The Israelites were told to destroy all these ancient cultures that were worshiping the divine feminine in many different aspects and in many different ways. But the interesting thing is, is that the author of this book, Trisha McCannon, talks about how in reality, 
in ancient Hebrew culture, there was a divine feminine aspect. And there are many um, words and names for her. Um, Asherah is the one of them. Shekinah is another. There are just so many different ways that this goddess came up. Ishtar, Isis. In the Indian culture, we have Kali, Green Tara, um, Durga. There are so many different names that this goddess has been called and many aspects of her. And as we begin to connect with those aspects, we are able to open ourselves up to that energy, which will come in and balance the strong masculine presence, which has dominated this age of Pisces that is, well, it's actually the end of that, right? We're hitting the age of Aquarius. But interestingly enough, she talks about how Jesus came in and basically began the age of Pisces, which was supposed to be a complement to the previous age where it was more masculine dominated. And the Pisces was supposed to bring in the feminine and it the, the masculine was just so ingrained into everything that it did not stick. And so here we are heading into the age of Aquarius, where we are still continuing to bring in that divine feminine. Now I feel very strongly like it's emerging. I have lots of hope. It's a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. It's at the very core of my being. My main goal is to help people feel and understand the way that the divine mother communicates and connects with them. My favorite things to do are to go into sessions with people, one-on-one sessions, and channel for them what I call their cradle song. For as each of us were born, we were spoken into existence with the vibration, just like the original universe in the beginning was the word. And I feel like we were all spoken into creation with a word and a song. And that is the song that I channel for many, many people. And it is just a beautiful thing to tap into that energy. In the upcoming Ascension School episodes, I will be breaking down more specifics about this book. And of course, before I wrap up, I don't want to forget to let you know that I'm sending you so much love and honoring the divine being that you are. Until next time.